Would you guys remain standing this morning? We're going to go ahead and make our Bible declaration. I got a word for you. If you haven't been able to guess, I I want to talk to you about praise this morning. We're going to get into a spirit of praise in here. Some of y'all that were just standing there, it's like statues looking at me like, what in the world is going on right now? You're going to be the people that are going to be jumping and dancing and shouting when you leave here this morning. Come on now. Raise your Bible up. Let's say this at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. This is my Bible. It is my primary source of spiritual nourishment. I will read it every day and become all God wants me to be. My mind will be renewed. My life will be transformed. I will become fully surrendered to Christ. Therefore, I will hide his word in my heart so I can be all God's destined me to be. Amen. Would you remain standing as we turn to our text? Psalm 150. Psalm 150. While you guys are turning there, I want to take a second and just uh, thank and honor our senior pastors, Pastor Frank and Pastor Lisa Santora. They're doing a great job in this house. There's a great work that's happening here. You know, I talked to a uh, a, a minister who's uh, 20 years older than me, but he's also a PK. And he said to me the other day, he said, you know, Joey, he said, you didn't pick them as your father or and your mother. But you pick, but you did pick them as your pastors. And so that, that blessed me. And so, uh, I honor them. I know that Pastor Frank is watching right now from home. Or actually, he's, he's away right now. But I know that he's watching right now. What's going on, Dad? How you doing? Uh, but, uh, uh, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Psalm 150. I hope you found it by now. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of a ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes, sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but does that sound quiet to any of you guys? Well, why does church have to be so, you know, loud sometimes? I just don't understand it. You know, I worship God in my own quiet way. That's not what the scripture we just read said. It said loud. Woo, come on now. We're getting ready to tap into something this morning. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person that's here this morning. Father, I pray you to wake us up this morning and wake us up to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat. You know, I didn't even know I was the first person preaching this summer series thing. Pretty cool, right? You know, I was really blessed recently. Because we had a, at a youth conference here called Heat Wave Youth Conference. And it was incredible and the power of God moved. But what blessed me so much was to see a spirit of praise that was breaking out all across these altars right here. It was powerful. We had students jumping. We had students dancing. We had uh, students shouting. I mean, it was powerful. And it really blessed me because... Uh, we were here until 1130 on Friday night, 
before the presence of God. And God was moving on all different types of people. Where God was moving all across the room. And it really touched me and blessed me to see what God is doing in this next generation. And so I was like, praise God, you know, this is great. And I was like, you know, but that's, that's the kids. You know, they, you know, they're, they're, you know, all energetic and stuff. So I went away to a, to a conference for adults. It was called No Eye Has Seen. It was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was there. And as I was there, praise began to break out all over the room. We had grown adults doing conga lines all around the sanctuary. They were shouting. They were praising. They were jumping for like an hour and 30 minutes. Every single service. The services were like four or five hours long. Some of y'all are like, please no. Please no. I promise you though, when, when there's a genuine move of God, it don't feel like four or five hours. It doesn't feel like it at all. In fact, in Africa, that's the status quo, that they have four to five hour services. But we're not going to have a four to five hour service this, uh, for, for this service at least. Uh, but anyway, uh, praise. It was powerful. It was powerful and it blessed me. And see, God is doing something in the earth right now where he is bringing people back to praise. He's bringing people back to praise. He's bringing people back to this idea of glorifying his name. He's bringing us back to a jump and shout and dancing type of praise where we don't care what anybody else thinks, where we don't care what our neighbor thinks, where we don't care what our friends think, when we don't care what our family thinks, because we're going to say, God is to be praised. Hallelujah. We're going back to praise. We're tapping into a different level this morning. Say say this to me. Say, we're tapping in to a different level. Come on now. You guys are alive this morning. Praise God. We're going to have some unafraid, unashamed, undeterred type of praise this morning. Come on now. I'm excited. I'm excited. But it's not just for this service. It's what God is doing in the earth right now. I'm seeing it break out all over the place. I'm telling you. Didn't just see a breakout at Heatwave. Didn't just see a breakout at the conference I went to. I'm seeing videos of young people, of adults, of all different types of people jumping and dancing and praising God. Why? Because God is doing something in the earth. Impact Youth has been praising God. I've seen them at service Wednesday nights. They've, they've been just so hungry to want to wanna just like dance before the Lord, shout before the Lord. And it blesses me so much. And I know what, what some cynical people are thinking. You know, oh, well, those are just the young people. You know, they have a lot of energy. And, you know, th- th- that's just how it is, you know, all that stuff. No, it- it's actually not that. It's actually just in the Bible. Psalm 150, it talks about this. It talks about dancing God with loud praise. It talks about uh, praising God with dancing. It talks about clapping your hands. It ta- talks about doing all of those things. It's not just the young people that are doing it. Here's the reason why the young people are doing it. Because just like Jesus said, if any of you wants to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a child. Why? Because children... Don't care about what everybody else thinks. Children don't care what everybody else is going to say. Children can believe God for whatever because if you tell them what the word says, they don't know doubt. They don't know unbelief. They only tell. They only believe what you say to believe. And so I've decided that we're going to get a spirit of faith and praise into the next generation. But I know when God begins to move in one generation, that the other generations ahead and even behind will start to move as well. 
Come on now. Praise God. Tell you what, young people do know how to praise. And young people are hungry for the presence of God. You know how many people have told me? They say, you know, Pastor Joey, you know, I know that, you know, you guys do that whole thing where you like lay hands on people and like you praise and you jump and you shout. But, you know, young people, they're just more interested in just a quick word and, you know, like, you know, a couple games and then we can, you know, head out, you know, type of thing. Maybe a discussion about their feelings or something like that. I can tell you from experience that I have students that tell me that they came from other youth groups. They came from other churches that it was all about your feelings. It was all about games. It was all about fun. But guess what? Everybody left bounds. Everybody Everybody left depressed, everybody left anxious, everyone left sick, and so they decided to see what a real move of God looks like, and they came out, and they received from this house, from this church, hallelujah, it's not just a youth group, it's this church, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God, God is bringing a generation back to praise, and this morning, here's my title for you, I'll give it to you, get your praise on, get your praise on. It is time to get your praise on. But I'm going to answer this question. Why should we get our praise on? Why? Why? Well, I just read you a scripture where the Bible says to do it. But I'm going to tell you what happens. I'm going to show you why you should get your praise on. Here's my first point. I only have two for you this morning. It's all I felt the Lord uh uh, lay on my heart. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you could go, oh, I got to get that third point so that, you know, it's three. It doesn't need to be three. We got two points for you this morning. Praise God. One, because we win. Because we win when we praise. Well, wh- where's that in the Bible? We got, how many of you guys know that we need to go right to the word of God as our source? Amen. We go right to the word of God as our source. We can't just say things and not back it up with the word of God. So uh, Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, we're going to begin in verse 16 as well. Also shout out to the tech team as well as I'm turning there. Um, I didn't send them my notes until yesterday. Uh, I was away with the youth somewhere. I didn't even finish writing my sermon till yesterday. But so shout out to them for following along on uh, in the back. But Acts chapter 16, verse 16. It says, one day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. How many of you guys know that even the demons understand who God is? Even the demons understand who God is. So this this lady full of the devil is screaming and shouting. But here's the thing, and we're going to see this in a second, that Paul's going to get annoyed. Here's the thing, is that she's really just distracting from the gospel being preached by screaming and shouting. So verse 18 This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. I just want to make a quick note here. And if you catch what I'm pitching, then great. But notice how it didn't take them a 30 minute deliverance service to figure out how to get the demon out of out of them. It took about two seconds to just say in the name of Jesus, come out. 
That's the power of the gospel. That's spiritual authority. Verse 19. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and when they were thrown into the prison, the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. So in case you didn't catch it, here's what happened. Paul and Silas, they're going around, they're preaching the gospel. They're doing their thing. They're, they're doing what Jesus uh, called them to do. And so Paul and Silas are preaching. And this girl, this demon-possessed girl, is just straight up distracting everyone from the preaching of the gospel because she keeps these are servants of the most high God and Paul's like yes shut up and so Paul and Silas they're preaching but here's the thing this demon possessed girl she had the ability to be able to fortune tell and so she was following uh, she was uh, making a lot of money for her masters And Paul and Silas, Paul gets so exasperated, the scripture says, that he just says, okay, shut up and come out. And the demon immediately comes out. But guess what? This cost the masters a fortune. And they're like, wait, she can't make us money anymore. And so the demon comes out and they get so upset with uh, with Paul and Silas that they sort of big riot and they arrest them, they strip them, they beat them, they throw them into prison and they clamp their feet in socks. That's, what, that, that, that's what's going on. Now imagine this. They're beaten. They were publicly shamed because they were stripped. They probably have blood all over their body. Maybe it's dried up at this point. Maybe they have some open wounds. They're not, it's not like they're sitting on a cushy couch right now, sitting in an uncomfortable prison. In fact, the scripture says the inner dungeon of the prison, there was an inner and outer. They were put in the inner dungeon to ensure that they could not escape. They're in a lot of, a lot of pain. But guess what the scripture says? They praised God. They praised God. And here's the thing. I don't think that they praise God with a sad praise. I don't think they praise God with a sad praise. These chains are so big. Oh my goodness. How could I ever get out of them? Oh, this is so terrible. And they're just quietly whispering to themselves. I don't think that's the type of praise they let out. Here's why. Here's why I don't think that's the praise they let out. Because remember how I just said to you. That they were in the outer inner prison. They were in the inner prison. But here's what the scripture says concerning it. It says in verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Or some translations say, the other prisoners heard them. So, how could the other prisoners have heard them? If they were sitting there and they were quietly, hello, God, 
they wouldn't have been able to hear them. But Paul and Silas refused to let their praise be silenced by their circumstance. They decided to say, no, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to let my best praise out to God. My body might be beaten. My body might be hurt. But I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know in whom is alive. I know that Jesus is risen. And so I'm going to give him praise right now, even if my body doesn't feel like it. They began to give God what I would like to call a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. It's a praise that you don't feel like it. Hear me on this. A lot of people say, you know, well, I just don't really feel the presence of God right now. So I don't really feel like praising. I don't really feel like it. Can I I encourage you this morning? Push past your feelings. Push past your feelings. I'm sure that Paul and Silas were not quite feeling it in that moment. But guess what? They decided to push past and say, guess what? I'm going to give God my best praise that I possibly can. They decided to push past despite their circumstance. Don't let your feelings dictate your praise. Don't let your feelings dictate your praise. Because God is still worthy of praise. Even if we don't feel it. Get your praise on this morning. Get your praise on this morning. All the other prisoners heard it. Here's the thing. They didn't praise their circumstance. They praised God. How do I know the scripture said they praised God? Doesn't say they praised their circumstance. Many times I hear songs these days and it's all about your problem. Worship's all about your problems. This storm is so big. This mountain won't move. It's so strong. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you focus on how big your problem is, you'll never defeat your problem. Here's why. You can't defeat your problem. Whoa, wait, what do you mean? You just said that when, when we praise, we win. That's right. You can't defeat your, uh, your problem in your own power. Because he, here's what praise does. Here's what praise does. Ben, do you have that weight on you? Can you bring that up? I'm going to show you what praise does this morning. Here's what praise does. Ben, yeah, you go and walk on the stage, Ben. Go ahead. You can, you can, I didn't even tell him I was going to use him, but it just, it just makes, makes so much sense. Go ahead and put it down. Here's what praise does. You have a situation in life. Say it's this weight right here. You can barely pick it up. It's bogging you down. You can't do anything with it. And you're like, man, this problem's getting the best of me. Man, this thing is weighing me down. Man, this thing is hard. And see, Ben, as you can see, is much more capable of me than being able to pick up this weight. But hey, don't get me wrong right now. I got some, I got, I got something here for myself too. But all right, but you know, but Ben represents God in this situation. And I represent you and I. And see, we have this problem, we have this weight that we simply cannot handle for ourselves. We have this thing that's trying to defeat us, that's taking us out, that's knocking us out. But there is a God who is very capable to be able to take that weight from you when you need it. And so here's what praise does. Praise goes, hey... I can't handle this on my own, God. God, I give it to you. God, I give it to you. Why? Because I can't handle it on my own. God, I realize you are mighty. God, I realize you are strong and that I am not without you. Hallelujah. That's what your praise will do. It says, God, I'm going to give you my problem. God, I'm going to give you my situation. God, I'm not, I can't handle this on my own. God, it's yours. It's yours. 
And so Paul and Silas, they're in the prison. And they decide to do exactly that. God, these chains are too strong for me. God, these prison walls are too strong for me. But instead of focusing on their problem, instead of focusing on their chains, instead of focusing on the fact that they may very well be killed for their faith, they decide to say, God, we're going to give you the praise. Because you are more powerful than this situation. I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm going to focus on my God. Is what Paul and Silas decided. And here's what the scripture says. Acts 16 verse 26. It says suddenly. There was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. What happened? They decided to praise God. They decided to praise God. They decided to say that God is greater than my circumstance. They decided to say that when I praise God, I win. And so they began to give God the praise that he deserved. Now, you might be thinking, well, where else is this in the Bible? Where else does the Bible say that that praise brings us to victory or show us that praise uh, causes us to win? I'll show you. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. I'm giving you guys Bible this morning. We need the word of God. We need the word of God. And thankfully, we have a pastor in this church that always gives us the word of God. Amen? Amen. If you have a pastor that doesn't preach out of the word and just talks about a movie the entire time, that's not going to bless anybody. But the word of God will bless somebody. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. It says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around uh, once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the uh, the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So they have this instruction. Here's a really good idea, Joshua. Instead of trying to like fight with physical force, just walk around the walls and then on the seventh day do it seven times then just yell really loud and the walls will come down. Sounds ridiculous. But how many of you guys know that even in the crazy, that God sometimes asks us to do crazy things to make his power known. And so here's what Joshua, what happens in the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho and and many of you guys already know. Joshua 6 verse 15. It says on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they have done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns. Joshua commanded the people, shout for the Lord has given you this town. And immediately the walls came crashing down. What happened? They decided to let God do the fighting for them. God gave Joshua a command. 
And Joshua said, okay, God, let's do it. And so they marched around those walls. They didn't talk at all for the first seven days. But on the seventh day, on the last lap, they got, gave God their loudest shout of praise. How many of you guys know the shout kind of sounded like this? Yeah. Well, that's what we would think it would sound like because based on the church. Somebody give God a shout. Yeah. It's like a golf clap. It's like you're on, you're on, you're on a golf course. How many of you guys know that there is something to be said about giving God your best praise? Come on now, giving God a shout of praise where you say, God, I'm going to give you a shout like I never had before. I'm going to give you a shout like I have never cheered for a sports team before. I'm going to give you a shout like I've never shouted for even my kids before. I'm going to give you a shout like I've never even shouted at a dance recital before. We go to sports games. We go to events and we're cheering loud as all get out, but we can't even cheer for Jesus. Come on now. A shout of praise. A shout of praise. I won't read you the entire text, but Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, he's surrounded. He just gets news that an army had invaded their borders. But he got the news like after they were already in the country, much like deep in, like they, it was a totally breach in intelligence. It'd be like if somebody came into the United States through California and we didn't hear about it till they got to like Utah or something like that, just, just like a couple states over New Mexico or something like that. It was like, they're already in and he's like, what in the world? He's like, what we're done for. We don't have the armies deployed. We're not going to be able to do anything. And so here's what Jehoshaphat does in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You're going to see this again. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 21. It says, After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sing. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies to start fighting among themselves. And guess what? Israel won the battle without even shooting a shot. Without even taking a sword out. Without even doing anything. Why? Because your praise will fight for you and give you victory. Nobody gave Jehoshaphat a command. Nobody told Jehoshaphat this is what you have to do. But Jehoshaphat decided that I am going to go out with praise. Sometimes you got to decide. Oh, this just came to my spirit. Sometimes you got to decide that you're going to praise. Sometimes you have to look at God and say, God, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out praising. God, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out praising. And let me tell you something. If somebody begins to praise God in their circumstance, God is not going to let his name be associated with defeat. God is not going to let his name be associated with defeat. Take that for yourself today. That's a word right there. 
God will not let his name be associated with defeat because God is not a God of defeat. How many of you guys know that praise will cause you to win? And the reality is, is that as a Christian, it is never okay to suffer defeat. There might be challenges. There might be setbacks. Not might be. The scripture says in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said it. Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You may suffer a setback, but as a Christian, you need not to suffer defeat. You can go from victory to victory as a Christian. You may have a challenge. You may have a setback that happens in life. But I'm here to tell you today that you always have the victory. Because the scripture says, praise be to God who always gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Victory. Victory. Victory to victory. Hallelujah. The enemy is trying to inflict this generation with a spirit of heaviness. That's what this generation, that's what this generation's, the enemy's trying to inflict this generation with. I know it because I see it and I even see it in the adults. Everyone's depressed now. Everybody, you know, is anxious. Everyone's taking some type of medication to help with their depression and anxiety. Can I just tell you this? I think that maybe I've only heard one student ever out of the many students that I've seen say that their anxiety and depression medication helped them. And even the person that said it was like, yeah, I don't really know. I'm just trying to be fa- I'm just trying to be fair to the situation. Am I telling you today that if you're on anxiety and depression medication, stop taking, that's not my place to do so, no. But I'm here to tell you today that they have actually done a study that, the, that there is no chemical imbalance that's causing depression and anxiety. You can look it up. You can look it up on the internet. There is a scientific study that there is no chemical imbalance. Here's why. Because it is a spirit of heaviness. It is a spirit of heaviness. That's what it is. Now, what does that have to do with praise? Isaiah 61.3 says this. It says, a garment of praise. For a spirit of heaviness. Here's the exchange. You begin to praise and that heaviness will begin to lift off of you. I'm telling you something today. I've seen students. I've seen people come down to this altar. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with depression. They're dealing with all kinds of nonsense. They have cutting scars on their arms. And they come down to the altar and they put on the garment of praise. And when they put on the garment of praise, that spirit of heaviness gets lifted off of them. If you deal with depression and anxiety and you're in here today, I'm not shaming you today. Oh no, I'm not shaming you today. It's a spirit of heaviness. But I'm going to shame the devil today. With the word of God. With the sword of the spirit. Because guess what? When there's a garment of praise, that spirit of heaviness needs to come off. It is a great exchange. It is the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. 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 I can keep going, but I'm going to go to point number two. Praise God. Get your praise on this morning. It's time to get your praise on this morning. I'm just going to say this real quick. Hear me on this. Your praise can actually help others get free. In the story in Acts, it doesn't say that Paul and Silas's chains came free. 
And the doors and their doors came free. It says that all of them came free. Your praise can actually free your family member. Your praise can actually free your friends. Your praise can actually encourage other people to want to know Jesus Christ. Your praise can actually cause chains of other people to be broken. And even at the end of the story, the jailer comes up to Paul and Silas. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they lead him to Jesus. In that moment, him and his entire household. You can read it, Acts chapter 16. It's the, right, at the end of the chapter. Your praise can actually cause somebody to come to know Jesus Christ. Here's why. What are they doing praising right now? They're in jail. Their feet are in stocks. And they're praising God. But guess what? It wasn't just the praise despite the circumstance. It was the result of that praise. God came and showed his power to that jailer in that moment and that entire jail cell. And people came to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Get your praise on this morning. We're getting there. Number two, and last point. Why should we get our praise on? Because we're unashamed. Unashamed of what? Unashamed of God's love. Unashamed of who God is. Where is this in the Bible? Second Samuel chapter 6. I love this. I love this. Second Samuel chapter 6. Beginning in verse 14. It says, and David, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Again, not quiet. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. But then watch this, verse 20. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. That was David's wife. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who uh, who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated. In my own eyes. Okay, what happened in this story? Let me give you a a summary. I'll give you the cliff notes, the spark notes. The Ark of the Covenant, which was in the Old Testament, it was where the place where God's presence rested in the Old Testament, was taken from the people of Israel. And the Philistines, they had taken it. But Israel had recaptured it. 
And so here's what happens. David sees the ark of the Lord coming back, which, which was the presence of the Lord in the, in the Old Testament, which was uh, the place in which God's presence rested. He sees it start to come back and he starts to get excited. He can't even contain himself. He begins to praise God. And you know what he doesn't do? Dance naked before the Lord. I know some of you in here were thinking that. Yeah, David danced naked before the Lord. The scripture doesn't say that. People are like, why would God honor somebody dancing naked? That's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. This is, that's why it says in verse, that's why it says in verse 14, wearing a priestly garment. I don't even know where we got the idea that he was, that, 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 that he was, it literally says he was wearing a priestly garment. So here's what, uh, Michael's, uh, contention actually was. He wasn't wearing his kingly robes. Which showed that he was basically the, the king. Michael was like, how dare you not look like the king in front of everybody else? Because you are the king. But David responds with something powerful. He says basically in so many words, he doesn't care. Here's why David danced in his priestly garments and not in his kingly garments. He danced in it because he said, guess what? I'm going to get before the Lord right now and I'm going to posture myself in humility before him because his presence is coming back. He was saying that God is the king. He was saying that God is the one who is all powerful. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. This is a word that Pastor Devin Wallace, uh, he, she, uh, she's the wife of Pastor Kevin from this church in Tennessee. She, she released this word at the beginning of the year. She said this. She said, the ark is back for this generation. And I believe that that's a powerful word. The ark is back for this generation. What does that mean? The presence of God is back for this generation. What do I mean? Did the presence of God go somewhere? No. But this generation is starting to recognize the presence of God again. This generation is hungry for a move of God again. This generation is hungry to begin to praise God again. And I'm here to tell you today that we're going to begin to praise God like we never have before. I'm telling you, we're going to praise God like we never have before. David took off his kingly garments and said, I'll dance like a fool before the Lord. Why? Because that's how excited he was about the Lord. That's how unashamed he was to serve the God that he served. We got to start to get unashamed in the church. Unashamed of our love for God. Did you know the number one reason we get our praise on is because we just love God that much? Hear me on this. A lot of times in church we, we preach, and, and I just did, obviously, but we preach, you know, praises, you know, about, about, you know, you being free. And yes, thank God for being free and winning when we praise. That's in the Bible. But the reason why we do it is not just so that we can receive freedom, but it's because we love God that much. But as a byproduct of the fact that we're praising God because we love him so much, he comes and he gives us the victory. He comes and he sets us free. He comes and he breaks our chains. We need to get unashamed in the church again. We need to get unashamed. I feel the spirit of God on that right now. We need to get unashamed in the church again. What do I mean? Well, you know, I'm just not really the type of person to, you know, jump around and clap and dance in church. It's just not, that's not the way I worship God. Sometimes, sometimes it bothers me when the saints say that that's just not the way that I do it. Oh, well, that's the way the word of God does it. And do you serve you in a way that you do it or do you serve God in his word? 
The Bible is very clear in the text that I've written. The Bible commands praise. A loud, violent praise. That's what the Bible commands. It says, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I want you, I dare you right now to stand up on your feet and begin to give God 30 seconds of your best praise. Begin to shout. Begin to clap. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Oh, we're stirring, we're stirring something up this morning. We're stirring something up this morning. The saints are ready this morning for what God is getting ready to do. Worship team begin to come back up. God is getting ready. Woo! Hallelujah. You can go ahead and have a seat again. That was just a warm up. That was just a warm up. We're stirring something up this morning. That's what we're doing right now. Why'd I have you stand? We're stirring something up. Pastor Frank's going to come back to a church that he's going to be preaching and people are going to begin to stand and jump and shout at the revelation of the word of God. People are going to begin to stand and they're going to receive their healing before anybody even lays hands on them because they're going to begin to praise God and they're going to receive it for themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to get unashamed. Imagine if you, if you were married or you had a best friend and you were unwilling to associate with them in public. But then you said in private, oh, I love you. You're, you know, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. But then when you get in front of other people, you act as though they don't even exist. Anybody would appreciate that here? Probably not. Unless, you know, you're just like, yeah, I would appreciate it. All right, you know, you got your issues, you know, whatever. <laughs> but nobody, nobody would like that type of friend or spouse that wouldn't even want to associate with you in public. Can I tell you today that this can be the same way that the saints act with God? In our private place, God, I love you. God, I need you. God, do this for me. God, do that for me. But then we're in front of other people. Well, I just don't really praise that God that way. Well, you praise the football team you you root for that way. (sighs) They get a touchdown. Yeah! Come to church. Yeah. Doesn't God deserve our praise in a much greater way than any football team does, than any sports teams come? Listen to me. I love sports. I watch football. I watch baseball. I watch basketball. I root for my teams. And and Ben can attest to this. I'm loud when I root for my teams. But I am louder in the house of God because God deserves all the praise. Because he deserves all the glory. Because I want to give him the praise that he deserves. Come on now. People say, well, isn't that kind of fleshly to, to praise and jump and shout? Yes, it is because praise is a fleshly expression. That's what praise is. Was David, you know, in his spirit jumping and dancing and being undignified? No, he was doing it in his flesh. Why? Because his spirit was being stirred up to a point where he needed to respond in his flesh. Praise is a fleshly uh, fleshly expression, and there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, like I've read a thousand different scriptures about, the Bible says to do so. The Bible says to clap your hands. The Bible says to shout. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We're moving somewhere this morning. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Who's willing to be unashamed this morning? Hallelujah. Who's willing to be unashamed this morning? I'll tell you what. I'm really at a point where I honestly don't really care what anybody else thinks about me. I just want to get before the Lord and let him judge my heart. I just want to get before the Lord. I just want to jump. I just want to dance in his presence. People are like, he doesn't really know how to dance. No, I don't, but I don't really care. You know why? Because he's worthy of that type of praise. It doesn't matter if I'm a good dancer. It doesn't matter if my personality type is to not really be, you know, public and vocal like that. Can I tell you something? You may be surprised by this, but I'm actually very introverted in my personality. That shocks you guys, doesn't it? Because being extroverted, introverted is based on where you get energy from. It's not based on how friendly you are. But um, I, I actually prefer to take a lot of time away to myself to regain energy. And so, to be honest with you, while I like to speak in front of people and stuff like that when I preach and everything like that, it's like jumping and shouting and dancing was very out of my comfort zone at first. I'm just keeping it real with you. It was very out of my comfort zone. But then I realized that's not about what I'm comfortable with. It's about what God is worthy of. It's about what God is worthy of. Can I, can I tell you something? There will always be Michaels. Michael was, Saul, was uh, Saul's daughter and David's uh, wife. There will always be a Michael that will have something to say when there's a move of God, when people are getting undignified. Oh, how undignified was the king today, dancing, exposing himself to those servant girls. There will always be a Michael that will resent what God is doing. There always will be. You might leave here today and you'll be like, wow, I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost right now. I feel excited. And there'll be a Michael. Oh. You mean you were dancing in church? (laughs) Doesn't sound very reverent, reverent to me. Well, David jumped and danced and shouted and did all that stuff right in front of the presence of God in the ark. And so if David did it and didn't get rebuked for it, then I think that we, as the house of God, as the saints, that we can begin to jump and dance and shout for God. Come on now. But here's what I love. You guys can begin to play, man. Here's what I love. Michael. For every Michael, I pray that there's a David. For every Michael... I pray that there's a David. And here's a David response. Michael says all that stuff. And David goes, oh yeah? Well, God anointed me to be king of this nation. And guess what? I'll become even more undignified than this. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what anyone else thinks because I will become even more undignified than this. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what anybody is going to do to me because I will become even more undignified than this. You gotta get an I don't care in you. You gotta get an I don't care in you. Who has an I don't care this morning? Who has an I don't care this morning? I do not care if we leave today 
And people go, Pastor Joey really can't dance that well. I do not care. It wasn't about my skills. It was about the God that deserves praise. Hallelujah. Worship team, begin to build right now. We're going to get our praise on this morning. I dare you to begin to jump. I dare you to begin to shout. You know what? I dare you to get up out of your seat and get down to this altar right now and look like a fool for the Lord. Hallelujah. Begin to dance. Begin to shout. Let's go. Come on. Sing this out right here.